0: Hi, this is Dr. Otto Janky. Welcome to the Empire Longevity Podcast. This is a neat one today. This is a neat one today. I found a book a while ago, and this is the book, which I highly recommend you get. And this is about Project Drawdown. We, we need to find a way not to only make, instead of scaring the crap out of us, here it is, instead of scaring the crap out of us about how how doomed the earth is because we're mismanagement, we need to find people who have ideas and solutions. And this, this group, Project Drawdown, is working on solutions. And uh, today we have... The senior director of partnerships with me today. That's very, very key. Is uh, Crystal Chiselle. I'm so happy you could be with us today, and and uh, thank you for taking the time out to be with us.
1: Thank you for inviting me, Otto. I'm pleased to be with you.
0: Awesome. First of all, um, one thing is I was just absolutely astounded by the the by the book. Read the whole book. Love it. 85 different ways. Is that, is that the Project Drawdown is is focusing on some concrete solutions that we can take. And where'd this all start with, and how do we get to the point we are now with the book?
1: Well, okay. Um, so Project Drawdown's work is focused entirely on existing climate solutions. Correct. So our, our work is really not to invent new solutions or to be the source of solutions, but to look at what's already happening in the world and to be a sort of mirror to reflect back to the world. What effort is already happening to address climate change? um, What climate solutions are already in action and proven? And I would say the vast majority of these solutions are already in existence because they solve other problems for humanity. Right. So um, they, many of them have been in use for decades because they started out solving other problems.
0: So when we talk about the greenhouse ga- greenhouse gases, uh, Cervantes is a Arianeus, uh back in ni- 1896 showed that that greenhouse gases were going to be a problem for uh the planet. So greenhouse gases have been around for a while. Why is our greenhouse gases all of a sudden a problem that we have been focusing on for the last what decade, two decades, three decades? Why is it why is it a problem now?
1: Well it's been a growing problem but it's the increased levels of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere that are the problem. And so These greenhouse gases, which include carbon dioxide, methane, um, and other gases, refrigerant gases included, um, have the effect of warming the average global temperatures on Earth. And this global warming results in climate change. So that is all of the effects of the... um, the warming which changes various aspects of the climate changes weather patterns currents etc and that's and are resulting in many of the problems that we're facing like major storms drought deserts uh, expanding etc um, so the problem has been looming for a long time and it's our the increased population on earth as well as increased use of fossil fuels um, and other systemic changes like the way that we grow food, um, our land use, um, production of animals for meat, etc. Many of these things contribute to um, the increase of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. So basically it's... um, our energy production, transportation, buildings, et cetera, that are increasing the concentrations of greenhouse gases.
0: So we are told on a regular basis, we are inundated uh, with this idea that the planet's gonna fail, and it's gonna fail in a, in possibly in our lifetime. Uh, and we are inundated with that, with that idea. And Project Drawdown says, May, well, maybe not so fast. Um, and what's the? If I was going to ask you for a time frame, I know this is very, very tough to do. But what's a realistic time frame we could look at to, uh, if not stop, at least equalize or start to bring back? Uh, what's a what's a time frame like that?
1: Well, Project Drawdown has looked at a thirty-year time period. So uh, we have an international team of researchers who have done uh, what's known as a meta-analysis, so a study of studies. They right. looked at all of the scientific consensus on various solutions and done modeling of what's possible in a 30-year period from 2020 to 2050. So that's the time frame that we've looked at.
0: So we're kicking in it already then. Yes. I found it fascinating. If I was going to write down the top 10 of of this, by the way, great book, beautiful, well, well done book, very well done book. If I was going to look at the top 10 solutions, and I'm sure you get this all the time. The top ones would not have been my top solutions. I would have said right away, cars or something with, with automobiles or something like that. But the top one is refrigeration what What's the effect that refrigeration has now, and what's the what's this what's the possible solution for that?
1: Well um, the refrigerant gases are very potent greenhouse gases so our study looked at the effect of um, reducing the use of those gases as well as capturing those gases at the end of use of the um, machinery and um, devices in which they're used. So for instance, our air conditioning units and refrigerators. So if we can prevent the escape of those gases into the atmosphere, then we can, that's a huge impact on greenhouse gases because we're preventing such potent greenhouse gases from entering the atmosphere.
0: So are we going to be looking at a possible solution of changing I'm gonna make the assumption, we're not gonna get away from cooling my car in the summertime or cooling my house, but changing the gases that are used in those.
1: Yes, so we'll need to um, change the gases as well as once you're you're done with your car and it's on its way to the junkyard, that those refrigerants are captured in a way that's safe.
0: Oh, I did not know, I, I like that idea. Number two is wind turbines offshore. Uh, um, um on, excuse me onshore my number three on this i have to tell you is one i i struggle with constantly is reduced food waste we are a country of food wasters and how much is that devastating our uh, our land?
1: so the issue with food waste is um there are many uh, several aspects to it so first of all um, when food is wasted and rots in a landfill, it produces methane, which is also another potent greenhouse gas. So the more that we can prevent that, the better. Secondly, the production of food all the way from barn farm to table, um, there's a lot of resources that go into that production. So there's what happens on the farm, there's the transport to market, there's packaging, there all sorts of resources that go into the production of food and when we waste the food then we've wasted all of those resources so the more that we can prevent this waste we can use fewer resources um, that along the way produce greenhouse gases.
0: So the, the two questions that come right from that are then is my my sole house of composting would that be beneficial or not?
1: Your household composting? Yes. Yes. Um, household composting is important as well as larger scale composting.
0: Okay. So those are beneficial. And number two is, because I saw it on here also, it's going to be uh, number four, a plant rich diet. So we should be, as, as one of the questions I had for you was uh, one of our uh, listeners, one of our followers asked was, is the planet better off if we eat less meat?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Why is that? Well, that is because of the way that we produce meat, especially in um, the more developed countries. So these the feedlots that we have for this sort of industrial production of meat is really not in alignment with um, the natural processes of Earth and not what's best for Earth. So um, for one thing, um, grazing animals produce um, methane in their digestive tract so when that is released to the atmosphere that's contributing to the greenhouse gases and then um, further all of the natural processes benefit when animals are free-ranging where they are behaving in the ways that animals were originally meant to behave it's more helpful for the soil and that helps to contribute to more carbon dioxide being stored in the soil.
0: Phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, tropical forest, I found number six and number seven to be, I, 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 quite frankly, I'm a, I'm a male and I never would have thought about this one, but number six is educating girls. How is that impactful? I mean, I think we should be educating everybody, but why is it educating uh, girls, is, is how's, that, how's that gonna save our planet?
1: Okay, well, um, there's several ways that are indirect but impactful. So, studies show that when girls are educated, and we've actually, I want to pause here because since the book Drawdown was published, uh, our research is ongoing, so we're continually updating it, and we had a more recent publication that came out earlier this year, the Drawdown Review, which updates many of the solution rankings and um, the data that resulted from our studies. So um, so not only have the, our assessment of the impact of the various solutions shifted, but also um, we're focusing more on, well, I'd say less on this ranking of solutions and more on the, system, the solutions as a system of solutions.
0: Sure. Sure.
1: Because, of course, um, we are very fond of top 10 lists and top 20 lists, Of course. but all, life doesn't always work that way, right? No. So, so yeah. all of the solutions that are included in Drawdown in our current assessment, there are 76 of them, yeah. all are equally as important, and we must scale all of them. Right. So I just wanted to insert that
0: point. Sure,
1: sure, sure. And, so, and in, our, in our most recent um, publication, we're referring to health and education as a combined solution. Right. So we're not focusing only on education of girls, although there is studies have shown that when girls have access to quality education, they're more likely to postpone marriage, postpone childbearing, and to choose smaller family sizes ultimately this results in lower fertility levels in countries and uh, slowing the growth of population.
0: Wow 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 so let me go into a couple of, uh, of things that uh, for us is how will we know that the steps we are taking are working how are we going to know that?
1: well eventually so, Uh, This leads us to um, the word drawdown. So Project Drawdown has actually named this as a goal for humanity. So instead, in many, um, many parts of the climate discourse, there's reference to um, keeping the temperature to a certain level, uh, like a two degree rise in temperature, or keeping the parts per million of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere below a certain level. But what we've set as a more ambitious goal is to actually draw down the amount of carbon uh, carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases in the atmosphere to a point where they start to decline year to year. So that's what drawdown is, the point in time when concentrations of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere decline year to year. So, that, so that's the goal that we've set. Now, um, in theory, this will eventually lead to a slowing and reversal of global warming. And then we'll be able, the same, the same climate scientists who are measuring these things will be able to see the difference. So this is the premise on which we're, we based our work.
0: Okay, okay. And we're looking at a 30 year timeframe-ish for to see that those steps, not to see a reversal, but necessarily see a point where we're at the break-even point?
1: Yes, so reaching the point of drawdown. And so um, our study is um, looking at a 30-year period. And actually, um, in the, um, we have modeled two scenarios. So in the first scenario, which is a, a, ambitious adoption of climate solutions, we don't see the reach of, we don't reach the point of drawdown within the period of study, the 30 year period. But in our second scenario with a more aggressive adoption of solutions, we can see drawdown um, in the, uh, within the 30 years.
0: What, uh, what affected uh, America take coming out of the, uh, is it Kyoto uh, Accord? How much effect was that going to have?
1: Um, uh, you mean the Paris Agreement? Paris, I
0: think. excuse me. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, well, that's a, there's a huge effect, and hopefully, we'll be getting back in shortly, back. according to our new president elect. But um, there's a huge effect because the United States is a very large emitter of greenhouse gases. So, our commitment to action on solutions is very important.
0: Here's a uh, economic question for you, which if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Can we as a country, because we're going to hear back from some people, can we as a country uh, do this while being economically progressive? Can we mm-hmm. still have jobs and make a lot of money doing this?
1: Absolutely. Um, there's, a, there's a misconception uh, that's being spread that um, adopting climate solutions or climate action will make our lives worse, not better. So it actually it's not true. Our climate action has huge potential to make our lives better, um, to be more economically beneficial, and hugely more beneficial for human health.
0: Yeah. So
1: I, I think it's really important that we change our view of the status quo. The status quo currently is not in our best interest and adopting solutions and the laws and policies and practices and incentives that will advance climate solutions will actually improve our lives in many ways. So I think we have to really embrace change here.
0: Well, absolutely. We know know the road we're going down and it'd be nice if our uh, our kids and grandkids had a uh, wonderful earth to actually enjoy also what are some things that our our uh, listeners can do on a on a home basis or on, on a community basis to um what are some small things they can do to uh help in this uh, uh project
1: well there's many ways that you can take action on solutions depending on your interest and the level of involvement you want and the resources that you have so um there is a lot of information about climate action. If you do an internet, internet search for a climate action guide, you'll find many, many resources. But I'll just name some, um, which are one, use less oil and gas, the fossil fuels. So that can be done by driving less, using less electricity, where your electricity is derived from fossil fuels instead of a renewable like solar or wind. Um, consuming less. So all products and the packaging use energy to um, produce them, so the you know consuming less is of great help. Um, wasting less—that's both stuff and food—and eating less meat. So if you're a meat eater, eating at least fifty percent less meat is very helpful for the climate as well as for your health. And you would know more about that. <laughs> I'm sure many of your previous guests have talked about that.
0: A few just a few.
1: <laughs> now, um, while there are many individual actions we can take, I think that what's more effective is like targeted activism. So it's more impactful for the systemic change we need. So for one thing, you can learn more, more about solutions and the policy that's needed to advance solutions. And we've talked a bit about misinformation. So it's really important to learn um, the truth and what the science is saying about solutions. Um, Secondly, and we touched on this, I think it's really important to think independently. Solutions have multiple co-benefits. And um, so, as I said, believing that the status quo is the best life you can have is actually false. Um, client, advancing climate solutions can improve life for people around the world. Absolutely. And I would also say that it's really important to join with others to influence your elected officials and business leaders. So make your interests and your wishes known. Um, there's research out of Yale that shows that um, the majority of people around the world already are concerned about climate change. So we don't really need um, more um, hype around the pending disaster. We have people's concern. And so um, scaring more people (laughs) is not necessarily the best action. We have sufficient interest in the world. So, I think it's more important to direct our energy towards solutions and advancing solutions. Right. So, th- we can come together and um, pressure our, biz- our um, elected officials, policymakers, and business leaders. This can help to shift resources as well as ingenuity towards solutions instead of um, the status quo. So, there's a lot of resistance often um, we hear it on the news um, a lot Uh, there's resistance to changing the status quo but we we've got to change the status quo um, in and systemically and the best way to do that is we when we join together and put pressure on those who are holding the power and the resources
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Crystal, we talked about this previously, but uh, the last question I have for you is uh, we have changed the definition of longevity in Empire Longevity from someone's long life to the act and intent of being so healthy that you leave something great behind by what you've done today. What are you or what's Project Drawdown? What's going to be the impact or the big dent they're going to leave in the world? What are they going to leave behind?
1: Oh, so for Project Drawdown, I think that the dent we'll leave behind, that the dent we're already making is to shift the climate discourse toward solutions instead of um, fear and despair. Um, We're shifting the discourse toward possibility and opportunity. Love that. Um, Another dent is to name an ambitious goal for humanity. actually work toward reversing climate change rather than just slowing it. And also another dent that we're making is with our research and modeling is to show that, yes, it is possible to reach drawdown with existing technologies and practices that are already proven and, and any new um, technologies, practices, ingenuity inventions will help us to reach drawdown faster.
0: Absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. Um, with uh, Crystal Chiselle, who's the, who is the Senior Director of Partnerships. I, we, uh, we, I was corrected on that earlier, uh, just a short time ago, and that was very important for us to know that. Crystal, I appreciate your time, your expertise, and uh, I think this is one of the coolest things, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you again. And uh, if we can, we'll have uh, either you or someone from the project out for our next symposium in uh, September of 2021. And uh, let's promote this as much as possible. I appreciate your time and expertise. Thank you for having me. Thank you.